0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we are once again back to Recap Nip We are in to another episode, another week. This week we are in to the fifth, sixth episode. Thank you, Ben, of the sixth season. Uh, Nick, can you just, I just need to interrupt myself here. Can you just tell me what number season and episode we're up to, please, quickly? <laughs>
1: That season six, episode six.
0: Okay, thank you. Uh, this one's entitled Alexa Stone. Uh, it first aired on the 18th of November 2009. It was written by Hank Chilton, directed by Tim Hunter, and, yeah, we are still in season six. Let's just keep putting it that way. Um, My name is Ben, and for goodness sake, you're a lesbian, aren't you?
1: <laughs> my name's Nick. Uh, could you please uh, close your robe?
0: Oh, sorry. Um, I just thought I'd, you would like to have a bit of a nice thing to look at for this episode. Um, yes, Nick, hi, hello. This is uh, an episode of Nick Tuck. Um, we're in season six. That's all we really need to keep saying, isn't it? Cause I don't, I think we're just losing steam here when it comes to trying to remotely, uh, find things to talk about when it comes to the positives in these episodes, aren't we?
1: yeah i mean this is a this is a rough one and um it's interesting because i think this is the first time we've tried a what is essentially a two-part episode you know like we really we've always had like ongoing storylines on the show for sure but this really is i mean you know obviously spoiler alert next week's episode is alexis stone part two so i think there's a lot of setup in this first episode um which is supposed to pay off next week and i guess we'll come back and talk about that next week but um, there, there is a lot of set up here. We bring back some characters and set up like, there is literally just like this kind of two season, a two episode kind of storyline that we get here. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I remember saying at the start of the season that, you know, what I want are some callbacks to, to you know, some of the older seasons and some of those characters. And um, uh, Erica was not somebody I was desperate to see more of, um, see my thoughts on Erica in, in season one and two and three. Um, not, not somebody I wanted to, um, be gracing our screens again. Uh, Vanessa Redgrad, I think you're a great actress, but, uh, don't love this character.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, to, to kind of put this in with our, what you're saying, how this is kind of like a two-part episode. Um, well, I mean, we actually are gonna hear these episodes back to back today. We, we kind of do it with Lost and Third Watch whenever there's a two-part, we generally air them both at the same time. Um, and at least in terms of how we're scheduling these, this may have changed. If you're listening to this differently, we apologise. Or if you're listening to this one, it's come out, but they've come out differently. This is at least what we're planning at the time of recording this, that these two episodes should be appearing the week before Christmas, so therefore you'll have Christmas Day off to not listen to any Nip Tuck episodes. So that's kind of how we're um, at least promoting this and doing this way, yeah. this one. But it's a weird way to do it as like a two-parter, because I feel... Um, you know, I mean, we could have technically done that with Season 3 when, you know, the, the penultimate and the final episode were technically two-parters, but, you know, this is purely billed that way, as you said, Alexis Stone and Alexis Stone Part 2. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Erica's back. Uh, when was the last time we saw Erica, Nick? Do you remember? <laughs> do we want to remember? Um,
1: Well, I think it was Sal Perry, it was. was it not? Um, it was. She hadn't died. Uh, she hadn't be been smothered that, by her yeah. own daughter, right? Yeah, Correct. Correct. Maybe that was a mistake in retrospect. Um, <laughs> that maybe we should have just killed Erica in that moment. <laughs> oh. Yes, we didn't, and so here we, we find us back dealing with this character.
0: It's. I mean, can I just point out from the get go that there is some terrible acting in these next two episodes, and like it's not even just from our regulars that we like to rip into i'm even going to call out dylan walsh for some pretty poor acting in some of these scenes and i don't know if it's just a case of he's working off some you know poor acting and that's not to completely rip into vanessa redgrave or um or julia uh jolly richardson you know because we've we've said they're great actors but it's just there just seems to be something about these episodes Uh, i blame ronaldo like who is this guy uh i mean it's just anyone with that name um except if he's the Brazilian Ronaldo. Um, but anyway, Sean's in a mental institution because remember last week when he went to swim naked? Um, he's, of course, ended up in a mental institution. And Erica, fresh from not being smothered three seasons ago by her own daughter, is back and um, basically giving an assessment. Um, and he, she basically cons him into admitting that he tried to kill himself. Um, basically saying that she'll get him released if he does, but then of course she's like, No, I can't let you get released. You just admitted that you tried to kill yourself. Um, so, you know, Erica being Erica, I guess. I don't the thing that I'll say straight away as well with these episodes is like Erica was never purely flat out evil. She was, I guess, manipulating the way she does stuff with Julian. It was kind of always an interesting sort of take with, you know, the mother-daughter relationship between these two and their past and everything. But, like, it just seems to me they go out of their way in these two episodes to just kind of paint her as just this evil woman. And, like, I I feel like I'm loosely defending the legacy of her character, but... I just feel she was never this purely evil. And I mean, having said that, neither was Julia. I mean, she kind of did smother her own mother, but she, remember, murdered someone else, and she's gonna willingly send someone to jail in next week's episode. But yes, I mean, I don't know. This is, first problem with these episodes is just what they're doing with this Erica character. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean it just it's not fitting with the character that we had. Um I think anyone who's been watching the show and remembers her, would not really remember her. Like I think she was just annoying. You know, like she was just like this annoying mother character that, you know, was a bit of a helicopter mother and, and thought she knew better than Julia and, you know, kind of looked down her nose at Julia a whole lot and yeah, I mean, I think you were supposed to be mildly irritated with, with um with Erica and I think she was kind of a tool to make you kind of feel better about julia or have sympathy for julia or you know that's what her kind of whole purpose was was to just kind of be this this kind of tool that makes you feel better about julia and i don't think you were ever supposed to think anything more of her. this just feels like a little bit of a yeah disingenuous to kind of bring her back in this
0: way i think Mm. well we have the credits and uh mike's here and he says he's sorry about Sean, and then we find out he's getting ready to propose to Kimba, because uh, we seem to make fun of the fact that Christian gets engaged a lot. Well, this is what Kimba's at least third time too, isn't it? I mean, she was engaged to Christian. She was engaged in the very first episode of Nip Tucks. This is actually a fourth time, isn't it? Um, then she was married to Matt, and now she's engaged to Mike. So um, there you go. There's a flashback for the very first episode of Nip Tuck, if you remember uh, her fiancé, the bouncer. Um, but yeah, so Mike is going to propose. <laughs> yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Like the very first scene, basically, we find yeah, out yeah. he's engaged. Um, so, yeah. um, Christian trying to sort of talk up here to Mike that him and Kimber are soulmates. And, uh, essentially, uh, Christian fires Mike, uh, cause he's going to propose to Kimber. And then this leads, uh, to our next scene where we see christian picking up sean he's gotten himself a nice looking maserati and he goes to a hotel because he wants a warm scotch no i oh, sorry a cold scotch and a warm snatch the other way around i was about to say a warm scotch and a cold snatch that wouldn't have been a good uh, combination uh but sean doesn't want to go there uh he instead wants to go home and sort stuff out with julia i might just end it here before we meet alexis but uh yeah mike's fired and christian has broke sean out of jail well the mental institution
1: that <laughs> you make it sound way more interesting than it actually is on the show. It's like, it's, it's it's just tedious, eh? But, um, one of the things I don't really get about this whole, um, Mike character is that, like, why is he kind of like showing this room to Christian? Like, he, like, he knows Christian doesn't really like the fact that he's kind of rubbing his nose and, you know, him and Kimber being together. And, you know, Mike is clearly not being played up as an asshole character. He's supposed to be this guy that is like, so nice, he's too nice. And so it just feels like a weird way of kind of giving this information to Christian. Like, Mike just wouldn't do that, I don't think. Um, I think he would have got the message by now that Christian doesn't want to have any part in you know, what's going on between him and Kimber. I don't know. It just it feels out of place. Um, yeah. And, and like I say, this just all feels quite boring to me. Like, it's just it, – it's pretty pretty uninteresting setup, to be
0: honest. Well, boring is the key word <laughs> for a lot of this season. But can I just say with, with Mike that he really does suffer Quinton syndrome in the fact that he's brought on. He's kind of brought on as his third sort of layer to McNamara-Troy. And again, there's, there seems to be no reason that he's actually treated as badly as he is, kind of as you're alluding to. It. Like, he does nothing wrong. Like, Quinton, remember we went over that in season three? Okay, he was the carver, he was murdering people, but inside McNamara Troy, before you, he was the carver. He wasn't doing anything wrong. And it's just kind of, they just get to a point where they just don't want to work with someone else. And it's, it's, I mean, we get that in a way because we want to have our beloved, you know, duo and don't really want a third wheel there. But I don't know. It just, I kind of feel bad for, for Quinton and Mike now. Uh, that, again, they've just been shafted so badly by uh, Christian and Sean.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. And, it just again, it just feels like something that, we, you know, we're going to keep going down this rabbit hole, unfortunately, which is just it feels like we just are throwing things at the wall now and just seeing what sticks. Like, it's actually not – there isn't like – and I guess this is probably my issue here is that the next few episodes, regardless of what you think of them, if you like them or not, there's kind of nothing happening here. Like, we just, you know, this is season six. We should be starting to wrap things up now. And it just feels like we're just in a holding pattern. Uh, There is no kind of plan on what to do with these guys for the rest of the season. And, you know, it feels like we're we're just kind of passing time. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so I think, you know, a character like Mike, what was the point of even bringing this guy in if you're not really going to do anything with him? You know, like, he's just, he's there. He's not you know I think they could have gone with the if they'd kind of gone with like really kind of leaned into him being this kind of asshole character who you know knows that he is annoying Christian by you know lording it over him because Kimber's into him and not Christian then that would have been a way more fun dynamic but by playing him as this kind of goody good it kind of just feels like he's not really there like why not actually just make Mike kind of like the villain of this season you know um one way or another But. He, you know, decides he wants Kimber and he, he basically wants to be Christian. So he's going to run Christian and Sean out of town, you know, burn their, burn their business to the ground and steal his girl. And, you know, that might have been quite interesting. And I think, you know, um, Mario Lopez has got the, the ability to do that. So, you know, to me, that is potentially somewhere they could have gone with this. But it just feels like, they just bring this guy in and, and kind of just do nothing with him and yeah you're right it's kind of like the whole quentin thing all over again
0: yeah no, i agree and i always think that this is like his last appearance but he's still going to be in a couple more episodes this season which is kind of weird but um we'll we'll get to get to him see him a bit more of course uh but meanwhile christian's in a bar and he's uh basically drinking by himself he's so cool he wears his sunglasses inside uh and we meet the this bartender uh alexis and uh, she sort of talks about how, you know, um, she's going to have to take his car keys and his phone because she feels as though he's going to call someone. And we learn, obviously, that uh, Christian's a little bit hung up over Kimber. And uh, this woman essentially says, I say the best way to get over someone is to get under someone or get on someone, whatever she says. They go back to her house. They have sex. She wants it in the butt. Fair enough. And uh, she kicks him out the next morning. Uh, she doesn't want a spoon uh and basically that's it goodbye now um i don't know how to put things nice here i'll i'll start, I'll start i think with, i know you, I mean, you want to yeah. yeah you know where i'm going with this i mean i i will say it off straight away that the actor the actress who plays Alexis stone Candace kane actually is uh a very prominent transgender actress so um uh, she is uh she generally plays a lot of roles that are very similar to this uh sort of in other shows but We just want to go back to season two with the whole Ava situation, and basically the whole thing that that came out, that Ava actually was a man, was when Christian put his penis inside of her, and he can tell a pussy. That's basically the line that we got. Now, you know what I'm trying to say, and without trying to be mean, this woman looks more masculine and sounds more masculine than Ava ever did. And we learnt throughout that whole storyline that, you know, Alec Baldwin was the absolute craftsman when it came to gender reassignment surgery. So, I think what they could have done with this story, which would have made it maybe more believable, is find out that she went and saw Alec Baldwin. Like, he's up to his same, like, he's done it again. Like, that would have been cool. Like, you mentioned earlier in this episode, have a callback. To me, and again without sounding mean, I don't know how Christian doesn't know that this woman used to be a man. So I'm just going to leave it there. That's a huge problem I have with this Alexis Stone storyline. I actually kind of like what they're doing with this Alexis Stone character in the next two episodes. The kind of, will she, you know, she wants to become a man again and she wants to sort of be halfway between the two. I think it's a great storyline to follow and it's kind of the first time we've ever really kind of, you know, touched on issues when it comes to transgendered individuals, you know, maybe having some change of minds. And I think they address that very well. But I just have an issue here with believing that Christian can't see this.
1: Yes, and I, I guess one of the things that um, I want to give some credit to here is that, um, you know, when I when I go back to kind of season one and we had, um, I've already forgotten her name. So it was Sophia, wasn't it? it was yeah. the, uh, the transgender patient that we had the day? And um, oh, you know, that was you know the show came out in what two thousand and four or whatever it was, and. Um, that felt like quite cutting edge because at that time I think that there wasn't really a lot of discussion about transgender people at that time and you know, having a sex change was just like the punchline of a joke or something, you know, something you'd see on friends when somebody sleeps with something and finds out later they were actually a man and you know, and and, and I think Niptuck kinda of changed the game a little bit. It kinda of made us a real issue. And, you know, it, it was kind of before it was time and we talked a lot about that at the time. And I think this is the same here, is that we kinda of get into this character and we've moved on a little bit now where it's not about her being transgender or anything, but it's about the fact that, you know, for some people, they're not, you know, gender isn't binary for some people. Like it's not, you're a man trapped in a woman's body or vice versa, but you, in some ways you feel like a man. In some ways you feel like a woman. You might, you might, feel like you're both genders or you might feel like you're neither genders and it feels like that's a conversation we're kind of having now like you know, when you think about the kind of bathroom laws and stuff that we've had in North Carolina and you know it feels like something that we're discussing kind of you know quite a few years after the show was on so it, it again does feel like we're kind of pushing the boundaries and talking about something that wasn't you know it definitely wasn't something that was being discussed at the time the show was on I don't think so I've got to give them credit there because I think they've done a really good job of kind of making something a big issue that it was well before it's it's real time. Um, but having said that, yeah, I agree with all your concerns there, I think. Um, and, and again, I can also see some potential there where maybe you could have Christian kind of actually have a relationship with this person. Mm. And, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, it's confusing for him. Mm and you know he's got feelings for her but you know and i think where we go with christian next just feels really lazy and this could have actually been something that isn't lazy and you know it, it's actually kind of testing where the audience is prepared to go and yeah so i think there's all sorts of missed opportunities here and i'd agree with you and i think this is what you're saying is that the, you know this the best stuff in this alexis stone part one and part two is actually the 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 title character i think she's the best part of it um and probably more so in this episode i think i probably like like her more this time around than the next one but i you know i like where we go with this this title character it's about the only thing i can give this episode as being something that's good and is working for me
0: Mm -hmm. no i would agree with that because then we're going to get into some pretty bad stuff um hello jolly richardson she's back um, for the fourth <laughs> last time in Nip Tuck, I want to point out that at the end of next week, we are not going to get Jolie Richardson until the penultimate episode of this season. And that is the penultimate episode of Nip Tuck. So, again, we talked a lot about that uh, a few episodes ago, I think, and also last season about the fact that she kind of just disappears. And yet, here we are. But, like, just on the bad acting, this whole scene is terrible. When, um, Sean is essentially talking about, oh, making a joke about the meatloaf from the mental institution the night before, and just the acting here from Jolly Richardson, it's like, it's, oh, it's terrible when she's talking about like, oh, I like the ice, I want to keep it frozen right where it is. Uh, I mean, that in itself is a terrible line. <laughs> you know, I'd like to see someone make that into a good, you know, response. But, um, yeah, there's some terrible, not only is it terrible acting, there is some bad writing in this episode, and that's not something I think we've ever done yet. On Nip Tuck. He's criticized the writing. Um, and Tim Hunter, we're looking at you. This might be his first episode of Nip Tuck, actually. I think I don't remember saying that name previously. Um, but yeah, so we get Annie. Annie's back, yay! Uh, and Erica's back, and we essentially find out that Erica is, uh, petitioning for custody of children. Uh, one of these kind of moments when Sean and Dylan Walsh's acting really doesn't hold up himself, when he kind of has that, you vengeful bitch line. This is just like, like, I know I'm the one who kind of defends this show for being like an over-the-top soap opera sometimes because that's what Nip Tuck generally kind of is and it gets away with it. This is borderline lunchtime terrible soap opera. Like, this, is- there's no defending half of what we're seeing here. <laughs> uh, and even kind of just the way, like, Julia is, you know, turns around and says, like, you know, he be careful what you say, Sean. She's one of the best child experts in this country. If she is, then like why do we ever hear more about her on this show? Like, why isn't she being brought in for other things, you know? It's it's kind of weird that if she's this well known. Um it's kinda of like Sean's celebrity, you know? Like no one cares that he used to be really famous on a TV show anymore. That kind of decided pretty quickly. Um I'm just gonna and we also get kind of the underlining theme here about Erica's youth, you know, I'm feeling remarkably youthful these days and I'll just lump in here too we also get to see Matt in prison for the first time um Erica's visiting him and uh essentially she's saying you know you you've got to look out for yourself you don't want to be someone's bitch and uh she basically coaxes him into being a witness to testify against his uh parents Essentially, uh, and one thing I notice here too, because we haven't obviously heard about Ronaldo yet, but you notice a glaringly large ring on her finger when she's on the phone talking to Matt uh, in this prison uh, situation. But there's some bad acting here going on, and just just this setup, like th- this is a thing that I just don't like. I thought I, I think I might have mentioned a few weeks ago that I actually didn't mind these storylines, but I was drunk or something when I said that. I don't know what was wrong with me because like this is just terrible. The fact that they're setting up um Erica to all of a sudden adopt Annie and Connor where has she been the last like three years when they've just ignored Connor and Annie and put them in the cupboard like this you know she's a terrible grandmother she hasn't no she's only noticing this now like Jesus Christ Annie's eating her own hair Erica like what the hell um well I think
1: in fairness I think potentially you could argue that you know Julia you know at the end of season four was it I think you know moved to New York And was, you know, and obviously that's where Erica lives in New York. So I think if you really want to dig in, you could argue that, you know, they've actually had quite a lot to do with her because they've been living close to her, but we're not told that on the show, you know. So that's only because, you know, we're quite big fans and we're, and we're potentially paying more attention. It's definitely not implied at all in what we get on the show. And yeah, she's just suddenly back on the scene. And there's absolutely no motivation as to why Erica wants to. You know, you don't believe for a second that she wants to do it for the well-being of these children. Yeah. Um, but but you also don't get the real motivation. Like there, there doesn't appear to be any reason why she would do it. I mean, for me, it would make a whole lot more sense if she was kind of saying to Julia, "Look, you know." um Basically, if you don't go for full custody of your children because of Sean's issues, then I'm going to take them myself. So uh, give give her an ultimatum. Um, you know, basically, we you know, it ends up with her going. Well, I'm taking your children, and I'm going back to New York, and and I've got full custody. Like that to me would be the better way to go. It just it's one of those things where I just I feel like I can see where this should have gone, and it just it doesn't. And I just I don't understand why we have Erica doing this. It's just her motivation is just not clear at all.
0: And that also borders down to them all of a sudden randomly making Erica completely evil, because you're absolutely right. Like, previous to this, you know, whether you kind of mentioned that Erica's kind of there to be annoying, like, she's going out of her way to do what she thinks is best for Julia at the same time as also kind of being selfish, You know, in no way do you feel that in her past, you know, her methods, that has she gone out of a way to try and be evil and hate her daughter, which kind of seems to be that comes out of this. And also the thing that really annoys me in these two episodes with this whole situation of Erica supposedly trying to steal the kids away, why isn't Christian trying to do something about this? Like, you know, Christian's should be attempting to do more than he is. Like, I I just feel as though... That there's a missed opportunity there that like again it's kind of going back to what we say a lot about these storylines in the second half of season five and season six that we just we have ideas we have potentials but they rush and they're over with and boom we're moving on to something else and we've got no overlying story arc for this entire season and that's just what ruins this season so it just i just don't get what christian's doing in all this, this scenario right now
1: yeah, and it's not like he's got some major storyline of his own that's going on. It's, you know, going to drag him away from this. Like he's literally doing nothing at this point. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, again, it just feels like they can't manage to juggle more than one storyline, which just seems crazy on a show like this. You know, you've got, you've got the writers, you've got the actors, you know, how can you not actually make these storylines work? But yeah, and I guess the other thing too is that again, Matt's motivation pisses me off because, you know, I spent a lot of time in that last episode defending the show <laughs> while you weren't and you know and i said that you know i kind of liked the whole thing that matt kind of finally realizes that he has to give in and then all of a sudden the next episode he's turning around and he's willing to kind of just dob his parents in. you know it just feels like there's the, all that kind of character development for matt has just
0: completely gone out the window again mm. so it's it's really frustrating yeah no i agree i mean yes i obviously wasn't complimentary last week but yes no i, I do agree with that too um we then get this just random scene between Christian and Liz. I mean, we really, again, are at this point where a few weeks ago we were saying that that's kind of it with Christian and Liz. After all this investment, the big end-of-season cliffhanger, you know, everything that went through with Christian and Liz, let's just have a random scene between these two having a random argument with Liz basically, you know, being like, let's be friends, only for him to say that, like, oh, I got all hung up over this woman last night, and then she just storms off. Like, it's just odd. It's, it doesn't go anywhere. Uh And then Sean comes in and... um. Basically says you've got to rehire Mike because, uh, you know, I'm going to have to spend time with the kids uh, while I'm fighting for this custody battle. Again, Christian doesn't apparently give a shit. Um, and then, meanwhile, uh, Christian tries to rehire Mike, and we find out that uh, Kimber has said yes to Mike, and that they're going to be uh, getting married, and Mike sort of says, no, I don't want to work for you anymore. So, kind of going on to Christian's storyline here. His storyline is that he's going to be involved, and we're going to find out very shortly about Alexis and then also him trying to win Kimber back, which, I mean, we'll talk about when it gets to the ending of this episode, kind of this cliffhanger and these two-part episodes, which next week goes absolutely nowhere. Um, I just, I really feel as though there's Kimber and Christian stuff should be the focus in this episode, and they just waste that as well. So there's just so many little tidbits in this episode that they could have done well, but it's just, it's a myriad of different things that just don't gel together well. Yeah, and you're right,
1: like that whole scene between Christian and, and, and Liz just makes no sense. Like it's just delivering information in a way that kind of like, you know, if she gives him some piece of advice at the end of it, then okay I can see the point of having that that whole dialogue between them but because it's just like she's like yeah you should have just not told me and then walks out it's like thanks for just wasting a minute of my life that I'll never get back because it's just it, there's absolutely no point like if you're going to have him tell the story then have him tell it to somebody it doesn't have to be Liz but tell it to somebody who's then going to give him their perspective on it like it just makes absolutely no sense it's just like oh yeah I didn't want to know, you know? it's just yeah it's just it's just stupid like it's just so and Yeah, I just feel like you're right. I guess there is some kind of storyline for Christian here, but it just it feels so lightweight that it's just not even worth exploring. You know, like I don't know what we're supposed to add to this or you know take take away from this because it's just yes, it's it's so you're just superficial. You know, on on you know on the surface, there's nothing more to it. And yeah, I just don't really know what else I can add to be honest. Yeah, no.
0: Yeah, you're right. I think we're just we're lost for words here really with everything. Um we get Alexis, <laughs> um she's looking at a really weird painting on the wall which no one's ever seen before in <laughs> where, where did that come from? What is that? It's like some like old lady or something, isn't
1: yeah. it? Like squatting like squat fully clothed, squatting on a pile of hay. Yeah. Like, what on earth is it
0: supposed to be? Who knows? Um but this is the big reveal, so uh, Alexis first of all says that she wants to become a man, and then the reveal is that she used to be a man. Uh, and then she had gender reassignment surgery when she was 23. Um, and then kind of, you know, Christian's shock at this and sort of, uh, you know, her saying to Christian, you don't want to do it because, you know, if I was Alex, you know, you would think that you were some sort of gay man. I don't want to use a word that he, that she says, but, uh, and then obviously he turns around and says, like, if you were Alex, you'd have a bloody nose right about now. Um, which, again, I feel there needs to be more of a reaction from Christian here. Can we just point out that Christian's essentially, I mean, okay, he hasn't slept with a guy. Well, I understand that. But, like, I mean, in some aspects he kind of has, if you know what I mean. Like, its it feels like there should be a bigger outcome to this. Like, I like your idea before where, you know, he's confused and maybe wants to explore a relationship, Um, you know, which kind of we sort of already have with the Matt scenario post-Ava. But, um I don't know. Again, this feels like this should be something a little bit, bigger. Because even later on, when we kind of get the line from Kimba, when obviously she knows about it, it's just kind of like, oh, it's just passed off as a passing comment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just... Like I say, I think that this is the best stuff in the, this episode and, and in the next one that you know this character is interesting, and you kind of want to follow this, and like I say, I think it's interesting to to kind of explore this idea of um, you know gender being a fluid rather than a, than a fixed position. Um, I just don't think it's really handled all that well. I just don't think they make as much hay out of it as they potentially could have done. you know like it just feels like a lost opportunity.
0: Yeah, no, completely agree. Completely, completely Particularly, we've got two parts of this, and um, they still can't sort of um, get it right. Julia and Sean. Um, meanwhile, see Erica, who has landed in L.A. for how long, and she's rented a place straight away. Like, okay, fair enough. Um, and Sean and uh, Julia say they're getting counselling for Annie. And Annie apparently has agreed to go. This is the same Annie who only a few weeks ago was so against going to a certain place that she agreed to go camping and basically nearly got everyone killed. So, uh, good old Annie. But um, we meet Ronaldo. Uh, a young, attractive Italian guy has come down and shares weird sort of eye sex with Julia. Uh, and we find out that Ronaldo and Erica have gotten married. Um, and again, this is... It just, there needs to be something here that needs to be explored more. Cause what we're gonna get next week, it just feels kind of like a sudden revelation and then it's rushed with. Like, why has Ronaldo married this woman in the first place? Like, they, I feel like they need to, you know, spread this out a little bit more. Has he done this because he knows that she's got young grandchildren and that's why he's trying to get close? You know, does he, like it just, it feels weird that he's married her and it's never, Implied that it's anything more. I mean, it could genuinely be love. I'm not saying that it's not like that could be the case, but show that, show that it's genuinely love. It just, it feels so random and that this is all going to be brought down by the fact that ultimately Ronaldo's a bit of a pedo. So, like, it just, it just seems so random and it's just so random what's going to happen next week. And I don't know, there's just, there's something missing through everything that we're seeing here.
1: Yes, yes, it just feels like this character just arrives for, um, I, I guess just to, to make things simple, you know, to just give us some shorthand next week as to, you know, why what happens with the kids happen, you know, like why that, how that all gets resolved, it feels, it just feels lazy, it feels like the, the quickest way out of this, and um Yeah, I mean, he's just... I don't know what we're supposed to think about this character that we only get for two episodes. It's just, you know, it's just all on the surface again. There's nothing really to get interested in because he's going to be gone next episode, you know? So, yeah, don't get too attached to this character. Don't get too attached to... His, his weird eye-fucking of Julia or his, like, disgusting, creepy kissing with Erica. It's all just complete. This guy just gives me the creeps even before I know what what he's into, you know. So uh, I guess in that sense, he's, it's a good bit of acting because, yeah, you, you do immediately buy that this guy's just a real creeper.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, then we have Kimber coming over to uh, see Christian and dropping off the Will Douglas baby Jenna. Um, and Christian's still got a nanny there, um, which, uh, you know, Wilbur obviously must be alive somewhere. Um, and then, um, basically we get, uh, this scene between Kimber and Christian, uh, and sort of Christian offering that he will, you know, give her another ring, um, and that, uh, you know, it will be different this time. Now, I think this speaks volumes for this season to this point that we're into the sixth episode. And, th- I mean, this scene in itself is not groundbreaking. This scene isn't, you know, the greatest scene. But so far this season, this could be maybe one of the standouts. I've just written down <laughs> top five. As a potential right now, and I'm only saying that Nick because when it comes down to it, I can't think of many scenes this season that we're going to have for the top five. I mean, I think it it is kind of a nice little scene between these two, in sort of again bringing back this. And you know, I'm a fan of kind of this ongoing Kimber Christian. You know, when they bring it back, it's again not the same as Sean and Chris, uh, Sean and Julia, where you're just kind of sick of it by now. I think it's it's nice, and we are going to get more of these two throughout this season. But, I don't know, I I don't think this will stand the test of time when it comes to the top five, because I can maybe think of two scenes in my head that will. But, yeah, I I just, I've just written it down for shits and gigs, and who knows, we might only get three this season, so we need to, you know, find something, and here's one we can possibly pick off the pile.
1: Yeah, I think it is potentially one that you could add into that, and these two kind of feel like they belong together, you know, so it it, it does kind of feel like it's not forced, it it feels like it works, and um, I guess probably the one thing I'm not hugely big on is, like, I think Julian McMahon does well with these scenes, I think um has he kind of borders on the you know being in tears acting without making it feel, you know, overly dramatic or, you know, like he's he's going too far. So I think it works for him. I think he does a good job with it. Um I think maybe you could argue that um this isn't Kelly Carlson's best work. Um I, I really hate the kind of line at the end basically with like, you know, about Mike's got a big heart and, and you don't have one and you know like she's getting a little bit preachy and it's like, well at the end of the day, you know, this guy for all intents and purposes thought that you left him at the altar like he was prepared to marry you um you know so i I think for all that's happened between them i think that now christian's been pretty open with her so yeah i mean i i i I can see where you're coming from and there's definitely things to enjoy about the scene i just it kind of ends on a bit of a kind of ugly note for me
0: i just yeah i I mean it's, it's something that i just think we need to just dot point As a maybe, as a backup, (laughs) because it's a season with not many moments. Yes, yes.
1: So, yeah, I totally totally back you up on that fact, for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, Now, I might just lump the next two sort of scenes in here together. Uh, One, because I think it's just incredibly forgettable with some terrible acting, and I don't know if it's, like, weird mother-daughter flirtation. I don't get it. Like, Julia comes over to see Erica, who comes down in a robe... To which Julia wants her to cover up and then she's all like, what? You, you're a lesbian. You should want to see a woman naked. Like, it, it's weird. Like, I don't get that line. Um, and it's just, it's kind of the ongoing thing with this storyline. We're just going to have, you know, Sean show up to try and solve it. We're going to have Julia show up. They're going to both show up. Oh, we've got this. We've got that. Like, it's just, it's the same outcome every single time. Um, and you know, Julia trying to bribe her with surgery. Um, again, which again, we established at season two, she had face lift and it doesn't really seem to have held up. I'm not trying to be mean, but it really hasn't. Um, <laughs> but anyway, and meanwhile, Christian shows up to see Alexis again. Um, and he's here to sort of apologize and essentially say, don't let Mike do the surgery. Mike's never done this before. Uh, you know, I've got experience doing gender reassignment surgery, which I thought it was Sean who did Sophia Lopez, not Christian. What experience does Christian have? I, I want to kind of go back and go over this. I don't, I think it was Sean who did it all, not Christian um but we kind of get some cool little scenes here like sort of seeing the surgery it's been a while since we've done this where somebody's explaining the surgery and we see uh the the skin flap getting taken from a rib and kind of you know shaped into what would be a penis and um yeah i i and it's kind of it's a, this is again we keep repeating ourselves with this there's so much more that could have been explored here because this as you said and i agree with it it's the most interesting stuff over these two episodes it's it's about a reversal of a gender reassignment surgery. I mean, I think to me personally, I find gender reassignment surgery very fascinating that you can, you know, change A into B and vice versa. But like, then can it be reversed? Like, this is something that I want to know more about. And I feel if this was season one, season two, they would have done this in a way where it would have been quick, concise, entertaining and educational. And it's just kind of been dragged through here and just dull stuff every side of it.
1: Yeah, I think so. And it, it, it's, um, one of those things where, um, you know, potentially you could say, well, we might see more into this in the next episode. So, um, but yeah, I think there is some missed opportunities here again. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's quite a good scene between the two of them. I do, I do, yeah, I, I think Christian does a good job of this. And, and like I say, well, sorry, like you say, I think that there's, you know, it's good kind of seeing that kind of forward bit where you actually seen the surgery. I think that's, it, there's some fun stuff there. And, um, yeah, it's definitely the best part of this episode for sure. And just going back to the kind of Julia Erica thing, like, um, isn't that, yeah, just such a weird comment? It's like, oh, you're a lesbian, you must like to see a naked woman. It's like, yeah, but if she was, like, you know, if she was straight, she wouldn't want to see her father naked. Like, yeah. it's just such a strange thing to say. Um, yeah, and, and so I, I just don't really understand that. But, um, a, again, I think we're going back to that the writing is pretty shoddy on this episode. Um, terrible. But isn't it just, like, like this should be pretty straightforward because these two are actually mother and daughter in real life. Like, we shouldn't have to work any kind of chemistry into the scene because it should already be baked in because they are, you know, they're they're genetically already mother and daughter. So I just don't understand how this is so hard. Like, it should actually be something that's quite straightforward. Yeah. (laughs) It's just so strange to me that, that, yeah, and, and a lot of it comes down to the writing isn't good. So that kind of makes that, you know, a, a tough sell. Um, but yeah, you'd think that they might be able to rescue it. It just goes back to me. I remember saying, you know, when it comes to Julia, I always think, you know, scenes with Christian normally good. Um, scenes with Sean, um, kind of 50-50. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not. And scenes with Julia almost always bad. Well, it's. <laughs>
0: This, I will say, we, I mentioned Tim Hunter. This is the very first Nip Tuck episode that he's written. I mean, it kind of shows, but I mean, looking at his, um, filmography, it's not like he doesn't come from, you know, good stock. He wrote a lot of episodes of Mad Men. Uh, he wrote an episode of Breaking Bad. Uh, he was involved in Dexter. Um, so, you know, he's, he's done some pretty prominent shows. Um, American Horror Story, obviously worked on some more, uh, Ryan Murphy stuff moving forward, but maybe just, just doesn't come across his style onto this episode. I'm not sure kind of why it's not working, but um, yeah, he did uh, the episode of Breaking Bad, No Rough Stuff type deal, which was uh, the seventh episode of the first season. So that's the season one finale. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that, that you know, I mean, the. One of the reasons I, I may be reluctant to ever do uh, Breaking Bad on the Oz Network is that I'm not sure I would ever have anything but buys in terms, so it could be quite boring <laughs> listening, but, um, oh, well, you know, I don't think, one process, I don't I don't care. think there's a bad episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't think there's a bad episode of that show, so that's really interesting, I mean, but, you know, um, you know this just isn't good, and, you know, I think at this point is that, you know, we've got a showrunner here who's maybe not, doing the best work with us, you know, Ryan Murphy's not really around, Um so, you know, you don't want to specifically just place on one writer, because obviously it's not one person sitting in a room writing these, um, and I just wonder if it's one of those things you now it has been a bit designed by committee, so, you know, things have kind of just have not worked because too many people have been involved in it, I don't know. It's, I'm finding it hard to understand when you've got, you know, good actors, good actresses, um How we get such clunky dialogue when we've had, you know, four and a half, possibly five seasons of, of you know, where that stuff has been pretty good.
0: I uh, almost would like, I mean, I, I generally would actually like to do Breaking Bad. I think it would be interesting to see if we could go through, what, five seasons with never binning an episode. Um But, I mean, I'd like to hear you defend the Fly episode because, you know, isn't that pretty much the worst episode of Breaking Bad? That Can anyone defend that episode?
1: Um, it's been a while since I've seen it, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, any time having, having, uh Walt and Jesse in a room together, I still find that to be pretty good, but I would need to go back and watch it. But, uh, yeah, there you know, there, there's probably some other ones that are a little bit slow that would probably only get onto the rent, but I can't imagine I would burn any episodes of it.
0: Well, I mean, you know, when you're listening to Nip Nick, who knows, we might need to find someone, we might get sick of not being around each other so often, so who knows? Um... <laughs> Now, um, what are we up to? Um, we get two pretty rubbish scenes here. Sean punching Ronaldo, <laughs> and then, uh, Erica getting slapped by Julia. There's some woeful acting here. Even Dylan Walsh again cannot, like, I, I just, I'm blaming Ronaldo. Cause, you know, Dylan Walsh can act his way out of any situation, but just, it's terrible. And how is this filmed scene in the park? getting that sound quality that, like, they've got a boom mic ahead of them. The guy's, like, you know, a kilometre away from this playground scene, and the sound is clear as day. Um, essentially, they've just entrapped uh, Sean because they know how violent he gets to punch Ronaldo and that this is going to be used against him in court, and Matt's signed a thing that he's going, I don't even want it. These are just rubbish, these scenes. <laughs>
1: yeah and I mean probably the biggest sin of this is that it's all stuff we've seen before you know like we've seen kind of Sean lose lose his temper and hit somebody in public you know we've seen that before pretty sure we've seen Julia slap Erica before or you know at least come close to it like it just feels like we're not adding anything new it's just all the same stuff over and over again so you know like I don't mind the storyline if you're going to add something interesting in but yeah there's nothing nothing that's of, of any interest here so yeah. Um. I yeah. Just I, I. don't ever want to see this ever again.
0: And just then, moving to the next scene again, I think this is where we need to make the Christian storyline more about Kimber and explore this more because we I mean, just kind of get a random scene of Mike and Kimber having sex. She thinks of Christian for two seconds, then she basically kicks him out of bed and says like, "Back up! I'll call you in a week, and he'll call her." So essentially, the breakup between Mike and Kimber. Uh, which again, not that we've really seen this relationship be explored completely, but again, I also just feel this is so rushed and random. I just, I feel like we need more Christian and stuff to fully explain this.
1: Yeah, it's just like a, 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 another boring scene that just kind of, yeah, it, it just, there isn't anything of interest really to talk about here, and it, it just feels, yeah, sudden, just sudden, um,. You know, yeah, you just need to have seen in between this, as you say, really, to just kind of explain why she'd suddenly do such a 180 on this guy.
0: Mm. I just want to correct myself quickly, by the way, uh, in going off at poor old Tim Hunter here. Tim Hunter actually directed this episode. It's Hank Chilton who wrote this episode. So, uh Tim Hunter, if you're listening, <laughs> I apologise. Uh Hank Chilton, your writing sucks in this episode, not Tim Hunter's. It is. Um, and H- H- Hank, Hank Chilton's Chilton written before, there, um. I believe. This isn't his first uh, episode of Nip Tuck. There
1: wasn't a there wasn't Reefa, was it? That's a different person.
0: Uh no no. That's um um yeah, no, that's I've gone blank on his name right now. No, that's not Reefa. Um but right. like, for some reason I've gone completely blank blank on his name. Um but yeah, no, you, I know who you're thinking of, but no, that's not him. Yeah, yeah. But um,
1: just before you move on, I do like, and I think this is the first time we have actually seen it, as we see the Kimber tattoo on, on um, Mike, which is quite funny.
0: Yes, yes, which is obviously there for a reason because um, we're about to uh, kind yeah. of get, uh, you know, what uh, the reason is behind that in, in just a second. But first of all, we have uh, Alexis uh, dressing herself out of bed. Uh, she's now Alex at this point, uh, looking very good in a suit. Um, all done up. And, uh, essentially, it's weird that they're talking about the size of his penis. And Christian's like, I did the best I could. Like, when we saw him with that skin earlier, that was a pretty decent size. I mean, it's small by my standards. But, you know, I think that, um, you know, I don't know what happened in the surgery if that sort of shrunk. Uh, and then essentially from there, uh, Kimber shows up to see Christian. Cause again, there's, uh, never any security. McNamara Troy. And, uh, the big cliffhanger here is that she's there to get some surgery done. She wants the tattoo removed, which is kind of this, you know, all oh, Kimber and Christian are going to get back together sort of cliffhanger, which is really not explored next week. So, um, it's kind of, it's a weird cliffhanger that kind of goes nowhere. Uh, and just like this episode, but thank God this episode is over.
1: Uh, yeah. And I mean, I, I probably, uh, would disagree with you there that, um, that Alexis looks convincing as a man, as Alex. I, I don't think... I didn't say like, she it looked just,
0: convincing. I said yeah, she it looks, looks like all a, right. Like a bag.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, right, yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess so. I just... Yeah, it just, it just doesn't work for me at all. I just, yeah, I think, um, you know, she was a, a, um, a convincing woman and, and as a man, just, like, just doesn't work for me at all, I think. And I think probably going from one extreme to the other as well, like, when she's done up like a, you know, like a, like a barmaid and she, you know, looks really hot and all that sort of stuff, and now she's in a suit, like, that just feels like we probably wouldn't go there, like, especially when she's got, like, a new penis, which is probably still really sore, you probably wouldn't constrict that to a suit, you know, it's probably not the thing to be wearing, you know um yeah it just seems like an, an odd choice but yeah i mean i agree with you i'm just kind of glad this is over and yeah i mean it's a, a cliffhanger with a question mark i don't know <laughs> is it supposed to, Are we supposed to be like oh i can't wait to come back next week to see what happens here i, I don't know i'm not sure if we're meant to or not
0: charles hayde by the way is the name of the uh the guy reefer Uh, the director, third watch guy as well. So uh, there we go. I had to shame that I had to look that up. Um, I feel when we get to this rating, there's no question about what we're doing with this. Uh, You know, I'm bidding this. What are you doing with this, Nick?
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's it's quite clearly a bin. The only question is, is this the worst episode ever? No. And I mean, you know, like... (laughs) (laughs) Well, just hear me out for a minute, because I think... um, you know, with our our Sal Perry episode, which we always go back to as the the gold standard of turds when it comes to Nip (laughs) Um, you know, what I'll say there is that at least it was kind of like the standalone episode and you could just, like, completely skip it and, you know, like, it it, it is one of those one-shots and, you know, like, sometimes they work, you know, Connor McNamara 2026 and sometimes they don't, you know, like some of the others we've seen, like the reality TV one, which I didn't like. You know, like, I think, you can sometimes forgive them because they try and push the boat out. It doesn't work. Um And, you know, I think it is what it is. But I think probably this one, actually, they kind of try and make you feel like it's an actual serious episode and they fail on every level. You know, like it's just – it is so bad. But you kind of have to watch it because – We are kind of led to believe that some of the stuff in here should be important. It's not. But, you know, we feel like it should be important. And I think if you don't watch this in the next episode, there will be kind of chunks missing and you just you really won't understand what's going on. So from that perspective, maybe it's not the worst episode, but it's probably one of the most disappointing, I reckon.
0: I have this right now ranked as 84 out of 88 episodes. So, I mean, yes, it's bottom five right now in terms of episodes. But uh having said that, I'm going to say this right now. I think next week is actually worse than this week. So, um yeah, that's Alexis Stone Part 2. It's certainly not next week because, as I said at the beginning of this episode, if you're listening to this right now on the day that we've released it, yay, you can listen to that piece of crap right about now. Uh, Because Alexis Stone Part 2 we put up at the same time. But, uh, yeah, Ronaldo's a pedophile. Um, Julia has drugs. And Matt's going to get breast implants. There we go. That's a good summary, isn't it?
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah. I I guess so. There's really... I I, I guess we've talked about this being a bit of a quote-unquote set-up episode. So it'll be interesting to see how much of there is payoff in the next episode because we really should, like, just hit the ground running with this next episode in terms of we shouldn't have to explain anything because you should have gotten everything you need in this episode and we can just go into, you know, kind of the payoff and, you know, the whole Erica payoff and, you know, yeah, spoiler alert, the payoff for the Erica stuff is terrible. <laughs> um, so, yeah, is, is, it, is it worse than this episode? yeah um, <laughs> it's
0: pretty close It's pretty close. <laughs> uh and you shouldn't be introducing a whole new plot line to the next episode which we get immediately uh when yes. we get into the episode but anyway uh remember to like us on facebook follow us on twitter subscribe uh, all the channels instagram we're out there google podcasts uh everywhere you go we're there so we're, we're we're in your dreams um you know we are the one who knocks um, <laughs> just, yes, we're not even up to that show yet, but, uh, we appreciate you still sticking with us. Uh, we are nearly through Nip Tuck and I feel really bad being so negative because we do absolutely love this show. And to me, this is in my top five personal favorite shows of all time. It's just such a shame. We're just in such a. Paul run of uh, episodes with this show. But again, as we've said, I would gladly watch some of these terrible episodes of Nip Tuck rather than the best episodes of, like, Grey's Anatomy or something like that. So, you know, uh, we're allowed to make fun of it because we've been so positive about this great show that maybe should have ended a season so ago. But anyway, uh, we'll be back next, well, today, and then whenever, you know what I'm talking about. My name is Ben, and there's a lot of things I've had a change of heart about in my life, but being with a guy isn't one of them.
1: And uh, my name's Nick, and uh,
0: it's good to know my cooking is better than the mental institutions. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.